1: Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
2: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
3: I'm Alfie. My grandparents were farmers who lived in a tiny village. I would visit them as soon as school was out for summer (laughs) break. They grew vegetables on their farm. We woke with the sun and worked all day in the vegetable garden. At the end of each day, I'd be so tired, but happy and at peace. But something unexpected happened that summer. My grandfather and I were hard at work in the veggie garden one day. He suddenly collapsed, holding his chest. I called 911 in a panic. Alfie, you're such a great kid, my grandfather said. I wish I could have more time with you. Take care of your grandma for me. I'm sure you'll grow up to be a fine young man. He died before the ambulance arrived. At the funeral, my grandma and I cried the whole time, holding each other. My dad didn't offer any comfort to grandma and didn't seem to care about grandpa's passing. He never visited, even though they were his parents. I'd be willing to bet he couldn't even remember the last time he'd seen them. During the funeral, I overheard my parents whispering to each other. Can't we just put her in a retirement home? Mom said, I don't want her living with us. Dad replied, I don't want that either, but we have to take her in for a while. My father put all their savings into my mother's bank account. She must have at least 150k in there. At least. If we can get our hands on that money, we can open the gas station of our dreams. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. How could anyone be thinking about money at a time like this? Despite endlessly dreaming about money, they were always broke. I wanted to humiliate them. Call them out with everyone watching in the church. But I stayed silent. Grandma would have to live in a retirement home if they didn't get the money. And that was the last thing I wanted. The following day, Dad asked Grandma for the money in her bank account. Grandma said no. That is Alfie's college fund. Sell the house and the land. Start your business with the money from the sale. I don't care. Just don't touch Alfie's money, she said firmly. When he heard that, Dad's mood took a turn. Mom, who would buy a property in the middle of nowhere? Even if somebody wanted to, it's only worth a few thousand dollars. Give us the money. We've been planning for this gas station for years. Alfie doesn't need to go to college. He hasn't got the brains for it anyway. Dad put me down all the time. I could ignore that. But I couldn't believe he would force my grandmother to give up the money just to live with us. I didn't even know my grandparents had saved their money for me. Grandma, I said. It's okay to give Dad the money in the bank. If I have to choose between you and college, I choose you. I meant every word. My parents got the money and grandma moved right into my room, even though I had lost one of the two people I loved the most. Thankfully, one of them had come to live with me. Grandpa's death broke my heart, but at least I had this. My parents immediately got to work setting up the gas station. I rarely saw them. I started a small garden in front of our house full of tomatoes, carrots, broccoli, and potatoes. Grandma deserved to eat fresh vegetables like she did back on the farm. My parents saw me working in the garden as they left for work one morning. That kid is such a disappointment, Dad scoffed. We're out building the busiest gas station in town and he's still trying to grow potatoes. Why? Because he's a potato head. (laughs) They laughed so hard the neighborhood shook and sped off in their new car. At first it seemed like business was booming, between the luxury SUV, shopping bags with high-end labels and a maid, mom and dad's luck looked like it was finally changing. Of course, they kept it all to themselves, even the maid. It seemed weird my parents could make so much money in such a short time running a gas station. But at the time, more time with the business meant they barely spent any time at home. For the most part, grandma and I lived in peace. Unfortunately, something happened that changed everything. One night the police raided our house. They took my parents away. It came as a shock until we found out why. In our part of the country, oil is a big industry. We have colossal rigs and refineries that extract and process crude oil straight from the ground. Apparently, my parents had found a shady investor while opening the station. An investor with a long criminal rap sheet. Their partner had found a method of tapping into the refinery's main pipeline, allowing them to siphon thousands of gallons of stolen fuel. So you see, they were selling stolen gas at the station. That's why they'd made so much money so fast. After a month or so, my parents were released on bail. But the police seized everything they'd earned from the business. They lost everything, including the money they got from my grandmother. My parents were back to their miserable lives. Not only were they fighting each other all the time, but they took it out on Grandma and me. One day, my dad came at Grandma in a threatening tone. We have to sell the farm. My dad left everything to you. You're going to sell the land and give us the money, or you're going in a home. Of course, son, she said lovingly. Anything to keep my family together. I couldn't take it anymore. (sighs) No, grandma, I said. Please don't fall for it again. My dad already took your money from the bank. If they'd been doing honest work in the first place, we wouldn't be in this mess. Why should we have to suffer for their actions? Dad suddenly turned his threats on me. Do you even hear yourself, potato head? So that's how it's going to be, huh? Pack your things. Get out of my house, he screamed at me. I couldn't believe my own father was kicking me out. I turned to my mom with a pleading look. She seemed to agree with me. Shame on you, she said in disgust. You've been living rent-free in this house for years. So ungrateful. But grandma's patience had its limits. Shame on you too," grandma shouted. You have a wonderful son and you can't even appreciate him. Alfie, let's pack our things and go now. Grandma and I moved into the farmhouse. We woke up at dawn the next day. Grandma said, back to what we love doing the most. We potato heads are going to keep growing the most delicious potatoes, tomatoes, and carrots this country has ever seen. I hugged her. I could feel another happy and peaceful summer coming on. Everything was going great, but since there was a summer drought, we needed more water for irrigation. For that reason, we had to dig a new irrigation well. Grandma called in a favor from a guy by the name of Jay. He seemed nice. He would come the next day to drill the well and let us pay him back after the harvest. Jay and his crew arrived early in the morning and picked the best spot for the well. Then they started drilling. After about five hours, I started getting concerned. How much longer is this going to take? I asked. We have to dig deeper to reach the water, Jay replied. This is going to be an artisan well. That means we won't need a pump. The water will naturally flow up to the surface. We should hit the aquifer any second now. Before he could say another word, Two crew members started yelling. When we turned around, we saw the water that was shooting out of the hole was pitch black. What I thought were shouts of panic were actually screams of excitement. We had struck oil. You heard that right. I said oil. We found oil on our land while looking for water. The thing I remember most from that day was Jay hollering with joy. It's a blowout! You're
0: rich! Filthy rich!
3: To secure the oil rights, you have to let the government know. So we started the paperwork. Inspectors surveyed the land and found a large oil deposit underground. So we signed a contract. The government would handle drilling arrangements and make regular payments to my grandmother in exchange. According to the inspectors, the well could last 90 years of production. Grandma would make millions of dollars off the oil well. We felt like we'd hit the jackpot. Grandma bought a beautiful home by the water. We were going to spend the summer there together. And as two potato heads, we would continue growing potatoes and other vegetables in our backyard. Our veggie garden turned oil field, made it on the news. It was exciting (laughs) at first, but then my parents came calling. How are you, son? We saw you and your grandma on the TV. We want to come celebrate. Where are you now? He asked. I didn't say anything. Honey, we're so proud of you, Mom lied. You look so good on TV. We missed you. We'll be there in no time. Their call came as no surprise. I'd even prepared something special beforehand. Thanks for calling. Let me go get Grandma. I'll call you in a bit, I said. My parents were excited. My dad said, That would be amazing. We missed your Grandma too. We'll be waiting for your call, son. And hung up. I put on my potato head (laughs) costume. Ten minutes later, Grandma and I video called my parents. Their confused looks were priceless. They knew something was up. Are you having a costume party? My mom said, clearly annoyed. You look ridiculous. Nope, I replied. There's no party. This is how I normally (laughs) dress. Remember, I'm a potato head. Dad said, Alfie, we were kidding. You're our son. We want to come congratulate you. Grandma had had enough. Enough. You didn't listen to me when you kicked him out of the house. How dare you try to patronize him now, she growled. That's when dad's true colors came out. Mom, I'm your son. I'm entitled to the money from the land and that oil well. And I'll get my money even if you won't give it to me. Grandma said, oh, so now you remember you're my son. You sure didn't act like it then. And you're not acting like it now. That land is in my name. I submitted my will to the lawyer yesterday. I'm going to leave everything I own to the one person in this family who deserves it most. And that is my grandson. Don't ever bother us again. Mom, mommy, please let me explain. Dad's pleading was interrupted as I ended the call. What a fabulous costume, Potato Head, Grandma said. What do you say we head over to our favorite restaurant for some fries? But you're coming in costume, deal? She hugged me as hard as she could, and we had the best dinner I had ever eaten. Those potato fries had never tasted so good.
2: My name's Sam. I met Elise in middle school. She was our neighbor, and I'd always had a crush on her. I just never got the courage up to say hi. That day, a group of boys were picking on me, and Elise swooped in to save the day. One moment, they had me by my collar, and the next, they were crying on the floor, snot dripping down their noses. Elise was my hero. She got told off by our principal, and they had her parents come in. I could tell they were very mad at her. But that was the beginning of our friendship. Elise and I spent every day together. And then, one day, I asked her to be my girlfriend. She said yes. It was the happiest day in my life. But I didn't realize someone else liked her. It was one of the boys who was tormenting me. And in his jealousy, he told everyone he saw us kissing. That made Elise's parents very mad. So mad that they had a fight with my parents. They ended up moving, and I never even got to say goodbye to my childhood sweetheart. One day, she was there. The next, her whole house was empty. Many years passed and I forgot about her. I poured my soul into my work until I struck gold. Pretty much literally. I was working on my grandpa's farm when I noticed some gold nuggets in the river. I followed it all the way to a hidden cave and saw that the cave wall had collapsed and the ground had cracked, exposing the gold there. A spring of water was gushing out, creating a stream that carried the loose gold all the way down the river. I became a billionaire overnight. My family enjoyed life like we never did before. We bought all the surrounding land around the farm and built a mansion. I built a mining company, and I bought cars, a boat, and my own jet. Three years later, my best friend came home from a job abroad with someone in tow. It was Elise. She had grown even more beautiful than before. We were so happy to see each other, we hugged immediately. I was coming home to meet you, and guess who I bumped into on the plane? I never even suspected something was off. Elise and I began dating again. We did everything together. I promised her the world, and before long, we were engaged. Jay started working for my company. I was so thankful to him I made him my right-hand man. I couldn't thank him enough for reuniting me and Elise. Two months later, I proposed to Elise, and she said yes. I was going to marry her in Switzerland. I booked an entire ski resort for our guests, and I wasted no time. We flew on my private jet with my best man, Jay, and our closest friends. In the middle of the flight, Elise excused herself. She said she needed to do her makeup. Five minutes later, J2 stood up. I found that weird, but I ignored it. When twenty minutes had passed and Elise hadn't gone back yet, I asked our flight attendant to check on her. She smiled at me, and she blushed. I always found it so cute how she had a crush on me. Nicole went behind the curtain to check on Elise. She was about to knock on the bathroom door when she yelped in surprise. Elise wasn't in the bathroom at all. She was hiding right next to the fridges, talking with Jay. Oh, I'm sorry to disturb you. I'll get out of your way. We heard a click, and two voices came on the speakers. You know I've never loved anyone but you. I'm just, you know, securing our future. Once I marry Sam, we'll be set for life. I'll run away with his money and his jewels, and then we can disappear to any country you want. You promise? I promise, baby. I'm only marrying him for a show. I'll trick him into signing divorce papers as soon as I've got everything I can get from him. I believe you. Oh, I can't wait. And when you're free of him, I can finally make my move to take over his company, too. I have people who are loyal to me now. All right, I'll come knock at your door tonight. When he's asleep, we can go on a date under the moonlight so no one will know. I'll be expecting you. Oh, and act like we had an argument when you go out. I'll follow after a minute so it's not too obvious. But nothing was secret about their conversation at all. The flight attendant overheard what they were talking about and she decided she wasn't just going to smile and pretend like nothing was happening. So she politely excused herself and very cunningly left the intercom on. I heard everything she was saying. The whole plane did. The air suddenly felt tense. Where before my friends and I were laughing and having fun, the moment Jay appeared from behind those curtains, everyone was silent. My friends all glared at him and when Elise appeared behind him, she knew immediately something was wrong. But she tried to play it cool. Oh! Chey, I didn't even see you there. Why are you standing in the middle of the aisle? And why is everyone staring? I pushed the button on my seat, and the flight attendant came to me. I smiled at her. You can come sit here, Nicole. The flight attendant looked surprised at first, but she eventually sat beside me. She was even more beautiful up close, and her blonde hair smelled like lavender. Could you confirm, please, Nicole, that these were the two having that conversation we just heard? Nicole nodded. (laughs) Conversation? What conversation? What are you talking about? There's no need to pretend. We heard you. We all heard you. Elisa's face changed from being innocent. To angry. Okay, so what? Did you honestly think I'd ever fall for you? Look at you. Now look at me. You're nothing compared to me. All you're good for is money. I've been with your best friend ever since before we reunited. In fact, he was the one who told me you were rich now. It's not like you can do anything about it. You are going to fall, and you're going to fall hard. I'm just here to take what I can get before you're a homeless beggar in the streets. I just smiled. I gestured to Nicole to help me with something. Nicole, love, would you be so kind as to fetch Elise her... Uh, I mouthed the word parachute. Nicole was confused, but she nodded anyway and disappeared behind the curtain. Get me a what? I don't need anything. Honestly, just get over it already. You're toast. Elise tried to sit next to me, but I pushed her away, to the other end of the seats. What? You can't seriously be mad at me. You should be thanking me. It's a privilege you get to marry me. I laughed. There won't be a wedding, Elise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please. You're joking, right? You're gonna dump me? Me? Oh. I'm not just dumping you. I'm throwing you out of the plane. Fuel is very expensive, you see. And I just can't stand to have you waste any more of my time and money. So, I'm afraid this is your stop. Nicole appeared with the parachute. Jay looked scared. I looked at him and told him to put the chute on his girlfriend. He didn't want to. But I told him that if he wanted to keep his job and reputation, he should do everything I said. Just like that, Jay turned on Elise. He strapped the parachute on her as if his life depended on it. Elise resisted. But what could she do? No one in that plane wanted her there anymore. You're gonna regret this! Nobody's ever gonna want to date you! You think any girl would want you? Just you wait! You'll come crawling back to me! I don't think so. I took Nicole's hand and asked her if I could kiss her. Suddenly, her eyes lit up and she said yes. I kissed her right in front of Elise's shocked face. Wait, no, wait! I changed my mind. I I, I do want to marry you. No, no, don't make me get off the plane. We can start over. No, please, don't leave me here. I don't have any money. I won't be able to get home. We're in the middle of nowhere, Sam. Sorry, you've got to go now. No, don't! And as Elise floated away, I called out to her. "'Who's falling now, Elise?' Everyone laughed, and Nicole finally did as well. I knew the moment she started working on that jet that she had a thing for me. I just never really thought of it because I thought I was in love and happily engaged. But now, now I get to date a much more beautiful girl than that gold digger. She was hardworking, ambitious, and smart too. The wedding still went through. It was just postponed a few days. Not to Elise, obviously. I married Nicole. None of our guests complained. At least, they got to stay three days longer in that ski resort. It took a while to get Nicole's parents and friends flown over since the decision was so spontaneous. But as soon as they did, I asked for their blessing, and Nicole and I got married in the Swiss Alps. After, we spent an entire month traveling Europe. We went to Rome. Then Croatia, then Norway. And honestly, I couldn't have wished for a better wife. Nicole was everything I knew she was going to be. She was caring and sweet, and she always made me laugh. The best part of the trip was when we saw a newspaper with Elise's face plastered all over it. Her hair was all sorts of a mess and had leaves and twigs all over. The headlines said that she was a lost tourist who became a meme for telling the most ridiculous story when they found her. The funniest part was that she had stupidly opened her parachute way too early, and the wind carried her hundreds of miles from where we dropped her. She ended up stuck in a tree in a forest in Liechtenstein. The people there thought she was some sort of Russian spy and refused to help her. Nobody wanted to help her get home, and they didn't want to give her a job. Now she's living under a bridge like the troll that she is.
0: Sometimes I would look up the tall skyscrapers as I walked down the city streets begging for money. I used to live in one of those. I used to have a view of the ocean, a concierge, a doorman. I tipped my valet well and he was a friend of the family. But that all feels like a lifetime ago. Now I'm alone, penniless, washing car windows and begging strangers for change for a living it all started when i met chelsea at a charity gala she was the prettiest girl in the room and i was the richest one hi i'm drake i just thought i'd introduce myself seeing as we'll be married soon chelsea laughed at my cheesy line but it worked. A year later, we got married at a cathedral in Spain. We flew our friends and family over. We had a ceremony filled with luxury. A whole orchestra, ten pairs of swans, white flowers bedecked the whole place. And yet, as soon as the wedding was over, all Chelsea did was complain. I mean, sure, Bali is Bali, but isn't it a bit Uninspired for a honeymoon? Half the people here are Australians. I wish you'd have taken me to Switzerland or Cape Town. You're Drake Nathans for crying out loud. All of Hollywood is at your feet and you take me to Bali? She said this as she sipped on a $100 drink while lounging on a yacht next to a private tropical island. Chelsea's appetites were insatiable. She bought everything she fancied. Five years after our wedding, there were still clothes, bags, and necklaces that she bought with my money on our honeymoon that she hadn't even worn once. Chelsea quit her job the moment we got home and became a professional leech. All she did was attend celebrity parties and flirt with guys twice her age. She complained that I didn't give her a big enough allowance and didn't buy her expensive gifts. Meanwhile, she used my card to go on shopping sprees and to treat her girlfriends to lavish vacations. When she had our kids, the spending only got worse. She was never home and I had to take care of the kids myself, even when I was filming. The kids loved it though, but one day I came home and Chelsea was gone and so were the kids. My paintings, my statues, my cars, all gone. My safe was emptied and the bank account was drained. I heard she ran off with some young model she met at a party, and no matter how much I spent on private investigators, they couldn't find her. I wouldn't have minded being poor if I had my kids. But she took them, and she didn't even care about them. Then she had someone deliver a message. She would only give my kids back if I sent her money. Lots of it. I sold what I could. I borrowed from the bank, but no matter how much I sent, my kids never appeared. I worked as much as I could, but the financial hole Chelsea left in me was too vast. And soon, I was deep in debt. The banks took my house, they took everything that I had left, and I became a pauper. I had to live on the streets. It was tough at first. My friends tried to help, but Chelsea told everyone I was a bad father and that I did unspeakable stuff to her. Nobody believed me when I denied her lies. I was alone in the world. People who passed me by would recognize me and insult me. They would take photos and make memes about how low I sank. After a while, people moved on, and the world forgot about Drake Nathans. The only way I could really make money was teaching self-defense in martial arts classes. It was at least one skill from my acting career that could make stable money. I was on my way to interview for a job when I saw a commotion break out. A girl wearing copious amounts of jewelry was running down the street, and three crooks were running after her. They cornered her in an alley, and I ran through traffic, dodged, and jumped over cars just to get there in time. One of them already had the girl in his grasp. And don't move. If you come any closer, she's a goner. You don't want to get tangled up in this, homeless guy. Run along. Here's a dollar. The guy tossed a bunch of coins in my face, but I caught one and threw it back straight at him. While they were all shocked, I swiped the first guy with my feet and he fell to the ground. I elbowed the other one in the gut and he doubled over. And then I ran at the wall and used that to jump behind the third guy. I grabbed his arm and put it behind his back. The girl was free. You're safe now, miss. Suddenly, ten guys in suits came rushing towards us. Two of them grabbed my arms and pushed me to the ground. Princess, are you alright? Princess? Shut up, you lowlife. Did these guys hurt you, Princess? Hudson, call the cops. We'll need to investigate who's behind this. I'm sorry, but the guy you're holding down, he's not with them. He's the one that saved me. Suddenly, I was being helped up. The guys apologized, and the Princess asked if there was anything she could do to thank me. That was when one of the guards recognized me. Holy... That's Drake Nathan's. Dude... Drake Nathans? Who's that? The princess drove me to her mansion in the city, and she had someone bring me fresh clothes. She housed me in her guest house and fed me, and when I had rested, she summoned me to her room. She had spent the whole night watching all my movies. She listened to my story, and she pitied me. And so, as a reward for saving her, she made me her personal trainer and martial arts instructor. I taught her judo, and there were times where her face would come so close to mine and she would grab my arm to disarm me, and it made all the maids watching us blush. One time, she lost her balance, and her lips landed on my neck. I had goosebumps all over, and we both jumped back in embarrassment. Hands off her, you! I looked around and saw the princess's fiance. are Aren't you being too comfortable touching the princess like that? Oh, he didn't mean it. I... I fell. Nevertheless, a peasant shouldn't be touching a princess. You should make him wear gloves. You, servant, go fetch me some tea. The princess and I have something to discuss. But the princess's lessons are unimportant compared to the royal wedding. I was dismissed, and that night the princess came to me crying. She had no desire to marry Kieran, especially because when they were young, Kirin told her she was ugly. But now that she was going to be queen, he used his family's influence to get engaged to her. Nobody liked the guy. Even the guards would have hit him already if he wasn't a lord. He treated everyone as if he owned them, and I didn't want the princess to end up with a guy like that. But, princess, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a princess, I'm just Kate when I'm with you. You make me happy, you're the one I want to marry. She took my face and kissed me, and for three long, infinite seconds, I felt heaven. It wasn't just in my head, she was in love with me too. See, you can do something about it. If you love me, take me with you. You have to take me out of here. I didn't want to put Kate's life in that position. But when I overheard Kieran confess that it was him who sent those thugs after Kate, everything changed. Kate's safety was at stake, and I did the one thing that I knew would protect her. We ran. And for months, Kieran's thugs hunted us. Kate and I sent coded messages back to the palace to tell everyone we were okay, and our guards gathered evidence for what Kieran did. One night, while we were in one of our hideouts, the stars were so beautiful that Kate and I decided to go for a walk on the beach. The waves were so tall, and the boats were camouflaged, so... We didn't hear them approach. Suddenly, we were surrounded by Kieran's thugs. I fought them off one by one, but I was running out of steam. Kate began sobbing from hopelessness, and just when I couldn't fight anymore, a bright light shone on us from above. Soldiers rappelled down the beach, and one by one, Kieran's thugs were apprehended. Princess, I'm so glad we got here in time. We were saved. The palace couldn't prove that Kieran had had bad motives, and so they basically used us as bait. But it all worked out in the end, and Kieran was taken to prison. Our story became a spectacle. The whole world wanted to know our stories. Someone even made a movie out of it, starring me. Finally, I was back in Hollywood, and my stardom was restored. At the movie's premiere, I felt someone grab my arm. I was pulled back, and immediately guards surrounded us. I looked back and saw my ex-wife behind the barricades. And she had my kids. They were all grown up. We lost it all, ran ran out of money. I've been raising them on my own all this time. Please, please help me. Sir, do you know this woman? I looked her up and down and I smiled. No, I don't know this woman. The Chelsea I knew would have never worn a dress with holes in them. She would have worn makeup and she would have had jewels everywhere. She might claim to be my wife, but she's not. Those are my kids, though. Let them in. Chelsea begged to be let in with our sons, but I just ignored her. I'm sorry. Take me back. We can be married again. I looked at her one last time. Marry you? When I have a princess as my fiancé? Kate showed everyone the sapphire ring I gave her. And as the paparazzi cameras flashed all around us we kissed.
2: I've always heard that being homeschooled was boring. And I guess sometimes it could be true. You don't get to meet a lot of people. You don't get to make new friends. The only people I know are my parents, my cousins, and the three tutors my mom and dad hired to teach me. But I never got lonely. And my life was amazing! See, my parents are both owners of a huge game developing company. They're huge gamers themselves. So as soon as I could speak, Mom and Dad have been sharing their passion with me. While most kids are prohibited by their parents from playing video games, I was encouraged to do so. My first ever birthday gift was an Xbox. I would play day in and day out. On one condition, of course, that I finish my homework before I put a controller in my hand. What's more is that mom and dad paid me for it. For every hour that I put into playing games, they paid me a hundred bucks! I was their most important game tester. I would be the first one to try out every new game they made. And depending on whether or not I enjoyed it, they would either release the game or scrap it altogether. Not everyone agreed with my parents' methods, though. I heard the neighbors talking behind my mom and dad's back when they came to visit. They would express their concerns about me being cooped up at home and being in front of a screen most of the time, and the kids in our neighborhood didn't like me at all. I think they were jealous that Mom and Dad let me do what I want, and they were jealous of the fact that I had all the games I wanted and all the consoles that their parents never got for them. I had all the Xboxes, all the PlayStations, three gaming PCs, and every handheld imaginable. Well, they had to do chores. I was getting paid to play games. I thought having lots of toys would make making friends much easier. I thought I could invite them over and they'd like me. But they only came for my toys. They didn't care about me at all, and they certainly didn't want to be friends. In fact, whenever they'd come over to visit, they'd grab my controller from me and banish me from the game room. We don't want you in here, Nolan! Yeah, you're weird. You have no friends and you're homeschooled. Homeschooled kids always turn out weird. I bet you'll grow up to become a creep. Now get out. They didn't care that it was my console, my game room, or my house. They treated me like I was some sort of pest. High school was different, though. I convinced my parents to send me to a regular school, And because I begged and begged and promised Mom and Dad that I'd make sure I'd get top grades, they eventually let me. It was tough. I didn't know anyone. And I was a huge nerd. At first, some people were interested in getting to know the new kid. But when I opened my mouth, everything fell apart. I had no idea how to talk to other people. And most of the time, I'd ramble on and on and on and on and on about boring subjects. Eventually, I got branded as the school weirdo, and not many people wanted to hang out with me. There were a few people who did hang out with me, but it wasn't great. They only wanted to be my friends because of the things I had. Whenever there was a big game release, they would use me to ask my parents to give them the game before it hits the stores, and they would constantly badger me about getting free merch. They supported me whenever I'd compete in esports tournaments, but only so that they could get free tickets and sit in the VIP area. They've weaseled their way into more than a few exclusive events and Comic Cons just by being my friend. And at first, I was happy to share all the perks in my life. After all, they were my friends. But then they stopped talking to me at school. They would ignore me whenever they didn't need anything from me. And when I'd try to sit with them, they'd shoo me away. It got to a point where they treated me like they didn't know me at all. (sighs) Why are you here? Can't you, like, go eat somewhere else? Yeah, can't you see we're talking here? Unless you've got a new game you're giving us, you can't sit with us. Now leave. The only time I got to really see them was when there was a sleepover or a party at my house. Whenever that happened, they were all in attendance, and they acted like angels in front of Mom and Dad. But as soon as they left us alone, they'd push me out of the room and force me to sit outside. Luckily, high school didn't last forever, and in college, I finally got over my awkward phase. I met a pretty girl called Hanako, and we hit it off instantly. She and I liked a lot of the same things. She was a gamer, too, and we spent a lot of our time talking about our favorites and playing together. One day, my mom and dad hired me to officially be a game tester for their company, and I convinced them to hire Hanako as well. We studied during the day, and at night, we played to our heart's content. Hanako and I fell deeply in love. Or... At least, I did. Because one night... As I was sitting in the dark with my mom, my friends, and our co-workers getting ready to surprise Hanako for her birthday, she walked in with someone none of us were expecting. It was my dad. And they were kissing. They had no idea we were there. As they made their way into the house, Hanako turned the lights on. She jumped in utter shock. She was so mortified at discovering that everyone she knew was there. It looked like her spirit left her body. Uh, Happy birthday. Uh, I I guess. Dad went into panic mode. Nora, uh, sweetheart, it's not what it looks like. Really? Were you giving your son's girlfriend first aid? Was she drowning from the air so you had to resuscitate her? I want you out of the house, Joe. I want you out tonight. "'Baby! Nora! Sweetheart! Calm down! It's nothing! She's just a fling! Come on, now! You know how it is with these girls! They attach themselves to powerful men like me because they want to get ahead at work! I promised her a promotion, that's it!' Uh, "'Excuse me!' Hanako finally snapped out of her shock. She was mad. "'A fling? You liar!' You told me you were going to leave her, for me! You told her you'd get rid of her and we could finally run the company together! Then she turned to my mom and looked her up and down. You are old news! I'm the new queen in town! Mom wasted no time in slapping her across the face. You'll be homeless and broke before I let any of that happen, Missy! I admire your ambition, but you flew too close to the sun... As it so happens, I invited the entire board of directors tonight. And after this display, I doubt any one of them will side with either of you. I move to remove my soon-to-be ex-husband as CEO and board member. All in favor? One hand rose up from the crowd. Then two. Soon, every single board member there had their hands up. Mom smiled at Hanako. Oh, and you're fired, sweetheart. Why is the entire board of directors here? Because I had an important announcement to make. I invited all these people here because... I took out a small velvet box from my pocket, and I showed them the gold ring inside. The diamond was massive, and when Hanako saw it, her eyes saw dollar signs. Well... This was all a huge mistake anyways. We can still fix this, uh, right? I laughed in her face. Get lost, gold digger! Don't ever come near me again! I threw the ring into the fireplace and walked out of there. I managed to keep the tears in until I was alone. But as soon as I went out and sat down in the garden, I started sobbing like a baby. I thought Hanako was the love of my life. I loved her with all my heart, and just like that, everything was ruined. I didn't know what to do, or how to keep going. But someone showed me kindness that night. I felt a tap on my shoulder, and when I looked up, I saw my secretary, June. She offered me a tissue, and I took it gratefully. I blew my nose and apologized. What for? For... Losing it? For crying over a stupid gold digger? June giggled. I- I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I know. It probably hurts a lot. But... If I were you, I wouldn't waste a single tear over someone like that. You are Nolan Summers. You're a prodigy at gaming. You've been an incredible game tester since you were a kid. You've won several international eSports competitions. You're a legend amongst gamers. And your family owns the country's biggest game company. If anything, she should be the one crying now. I smiled at her. Thank you. You're very kind for saying all that. I'm just stating facts. You're amazing and any girl would be lucky to have you. Thanks to June, I learned to get back up and try again. I focused all my energy into work. I developed amazing games with my mom, and when my dad tried to start up his own game company we crushed him beneath our heels and sued him for using our trademarks and ideas. He and Hanako soon broke up when she realized he was going to be broke for a long time. And she never got any jobs in the gaming industry after news of the scandal broke out. Last I heard, she was flipping burgers for a living. I took the company to New Heights. And then, my own pet project won Game of the Year. I was so happy that day that I decided to propose again. This time, to June. She said yes. We're four years married now and I can't be happier. We have two kids, and I built them both an amazing game room. One day, when they're old enough, June and I will share with them the wonderful world of gaming that I discovered when I was little.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.